That is Beard, the Gay Dad podcast with Alex Megan and Jan Dekel. Hello and welcome to another episode of Daddy Square, the Gay Dads podcast. I'm Jan. I'm Alex. And I'm wearing my gym outfit today. As a podcast, you can't see my husband's ball shoulders. But oh, got, please, Alex. He's got the bowling balls going on. I'm yes. blushing. I want to talk about the function for us of straight dads. As there gay are, men, you mean. As, as gay, gay men, as gay dads. Why are straight dads really important in the lives of gay dads and our children? What are yours? What's your well, list? Well, I think uh, basically it's sports. That's the list. We had our kids over to, we, we all as a family went to our uh, friends of our kids' family yeah. and uh, straight parents. And the dad started playing soccer with them. And I was sitting there, partially filming, partially, you know, looking at my Instagram <laughs> on the side. And I was thinking, oh my God, thank God that my kids can, you know, run around after this stupid ball. And um, okay. what an incredibly homonormative thing you just said, as if it's impossible. Okay, I don't like sports uh, either. But, <laughs> but it's uh, true. I meant, you know, he ran around with them and kind of trained them, coached them. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, thank God that, He's doing that because this is something I'll never do. I, I have no idea. I have no knowledge whatsoever about sports, let alone soccer. I mean, yeah. it's like, I think it's even traumatic for me. Well, I, I, brought, I brought our kids to a Super Bowl party last year. Um, and it was really funny because it's true. I mean, I hate to be so stereotypical, but I sat outside around the table with the women folk and like mm -hmm. ate, you know, vegetables dipped in, in sour cream. And uh, my kids went into the, uh, the, the, the family's living room and it was all the dads sitting around, oh, oh sports and we're doing that and explaining that stuff. And it was a perfect split for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, one thing that I do think that is also relatable with the straight dads is that they don't want to seem perfect all the time. And I feel it's a little bit more comfortable. Like I feel more connected to that because I, I've no, like it, the, the thing of like, you know, being perfect and being like the earth mom, it's, it's not something that I can uh, relate to. Well, I, I don't know again, if I this is, explain it correctly. Well, this is something we've talked about on the podcast plenty of times before. Women, there is a tremendous amount of pressure on women to be perfect parents, perfect mothers. I agree with you. Look, all you have to do is look at every sitcom for the last 50 years, and you see the mother has to be perfect, and the father has to be a bumbling idiot, right? I mean, that's just the yeah, way like it works. The Simpsons. The Simpsons, Archie Bunker, all of it. I do also want to say that there is something really important about the experience of our kids being connected to a really diverse group of people. And that means it's really important that our two boys who live with two men as their parents spend time with women. Yes. And I think that it's very important that they spend time with straight men because, you know, that's all part of the diversity here. It's true. And we make the mistake of saying, well, diversity means gay and, and trans and black. No, diversity means all of these things. And we do have to make sure that our children are exposed to all of it. So straight people, you are included. You're, you're, we're coming for you and we need you to teach our kids sports. 
Daddy Square, the Gay Dads podcast. Today we're going to the gym. <laughs> we I already went to the gym. But I mean, we're going to talk about this. Oh, okay. So uh, spiritually, uh, we have uh, Chris Ty Walker. He's a certified fitness trainer and one of the most sought-after celebrity elite performance coach in Los Angeles. Is that okay? That was really good. Thank you. We invited him here to the show uh, to discuss fitness and going to the gym and to give us many, and he will give us many tips to how to do it uh, correctly and beneficially. So, you know, we have a, a, a complex life as any parents do. I wake up at 3.30 in the morning, uh, two nights, two days a week so that I can get up, have breakfast, do my cardio, go to the gym and get back before it's time to, you know, get to work, bring kids to school, etc. Um, Jan has a more flexible schedule so he can you know, shove his workout into the daytime in a the, more I think that the point is, way. yeah, the point is that we decided very early on, I think before the kids came along, that this is something that we're not going to pass. This is something that we're going to do and we're going to support each other. And um, and Chris will talk about this in his uh, interview. Uh, the fact that, you know, we're, we have an advantage because we're a couple, we're not yep. a single dad. Yep. So we can actually support each other and um, give each other time to really do that. And we figured that when we don't do that, it really resulted in something really bad. Like it does, the, it does. The other person is like going crazy. So yep. we need that. Um, so let's go to the interview. All right. Um, and I, I think I have to say, I really, really love this interview with him because he's so, and you'll see, he's so authentic that I, you cannot not listen to him. So just let, let's do it. So don't not listen to him. Chris Ty Walker, welcome. Thank welcome you. to the Gay Dads podcast, Daddy Squared. I want to start right with a question. What is a fitness lifestyle to you? All right, well, firstly, thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate being here. Um, sure. What is a fitness lifestyle to me? To me, that is really a very athletic lifestyle where you enjoy running, you enjoy tennis, you enjoy being athletic. I don't necessarily think an athletic lifestyle has to be just, I go to the gym every day. For me, it's to be able to go and be in multiple different, like, Functions of fitness, not just a gym rat. Like, I want to go and be running with my kids. I want to be able to be athletic. Right. I don't, I don't feel like I just want to like big arms and big legs. I want to be able to do things. The minute you have kids, I found that you're running around, you're, you're crawling on the floor a lot, you're picking your kids up a lot, and all of a sudden you're working different physical stuff that has different demands on you, you know, and I'm wondering if in any of your own experiences, but also in training other people, you say, let's adjust the way we're training you because now it's more about, you know, physical health, endurance, et cetera, than it is about, you know, how shredded you are. Yes. So um, when it comes to having kids and then working out still, yeah, you want to, you haven't got the time for the gym. Now you're at home. The nap schedule sucks when you have a newborn, you have a nine to 11, then you have a two to four, <laughs> and then you got to work in the middle and you got to then do all the kid stuff, you got to clean bottles and like, you got to do all the things that doesn't allow you then to have the space and time to go to the gym. So having kids, as we all know, is a super restrictive on all schedules. Like it's personally, you lose any alone time, you lose any like time with your spouse to go and enjoy each other. You lose, and you lose everything. And it, no one told me, <laughs> no one told, when I had kids, no one really told you like the hardest thing you're going to have is a lack of time and freedom. Yeah. Like we would go out on a Friday night, do dinner and sushi and go to the movies. And like, I'm not gonna pay a nanny 80 bucks so I can go see a fucking movie. Yeah. And so yeah. like you lose the ability to have that time. So yeah, so when it comes to working out and now you have kids, like, yes, you can 
and we'll talk about it, but you can use your kids in your workouts. You can use moments with your children to like hold a plank and they could be crawling underneath you and you can be doing ways at home to like still be active and be playing with your children. You're speaking and I just remember right now that I saw a few of your videos during the quarantine. Okay. You uploaded to YouTube about you trying to work out. Well, actually you worked out while the kids are all over me. All over. And right. I, mean, I would grab a kid um, and use him as like for sit-ups. So I'd like sit up and press him because he wouldn't get out of my way. Right. Like, right. And I also noticed that um, in your, and Alex is going to cringe a little bit about this question. Um, I saw that your parenting style is a very like loose, you know, like, uh, oh, you're using the box right now. Uh, that's fine. You know, you're trying to do something else. And then when the kids like runs away from the box, you're like grabbing it and like, fine. I'm well, yeah, that. we all know you can't tell a two-year-old to back off a, a box or a toy because he's going to want it even more. So right. Let him have a space for that toy. And I'm like, he leaves it. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I can take it because you've moved on. What kind of but dad are you? What kind of dad am I? Yeah. Depends are we what, doing this? Depends yes. what kind of mood I'm in. Um, we are do, you strict? I am somewhat short-tempered sometimes. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm tired a lot of the time. And when the mm-hmm. kids just won't listen and they're like pushing boundaries. And I, if I start counting from three to one, the boys know they're in trouble. Like, because my boys are now old enough to know, like, if dad starts going three, two, they're like, run, 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 run back to the chair and eat their food or like run to the bath because dad's getting angry. Like, that's so nice because, you know, when I get down to one, they're like just waiting. They're like, then it's zero, daddy. Unfortunately, a lot of uh, parents have a very hard time getting out of the house to go to the gym at all. Do you have any kind of like structure for how you can um, advise parents to set up their home? for the things that they need to do workout-wise in the house? Okay, this is a massive question which can unfold in so many different ways. Unfold it for us. Um, All right, so first off, most people don't have the knowledge to adapt their workouts if the kids are using boxes they need to use for their workout. Like right. it's, so it is, it is definitely difficult. I'm always going to tell you to default back to a basic plank or a basic squat or something where you can just like, you know you need some space to do it. So if you're following along a video online, which I've, created tons online and you're following along and you're doing great and all we'll put links to those yeah great on the page and and the kids all of a sudden come in the room and they're crawling around the box you want to be doing like a running jump off and they're like oh i'm going to kill my children if i do this i can't do it now so like (laughs) just always just default back to something basic so Mm -hmm. if you're like distracted and you can't do what you needed to do or the kids are on the floor and they're rolling around in your yoga mat where you want to be doing abs then go back and do a plank on the other side you know what i mean like you find ways just go something that's very safe that you haven't got to follow on with no guidance it could be a squat could be lunge could be some bench press. Well, it depends on what the workout. If an upper body workout day, do something basic. Do some push-ups. Like, mm-hmm. just default back to something you know well that's safe if you're following videos. You know, I find that for me, uh, if I rack my brains, I can come up with all of those different types of exercise because I've done them in the past in one context or another. But it does seem like there would be some value in making yourself a list of those that you put on a piece of paper somewhere on the wall so that if you're like, you know, the kids are driving you crazy and you're not sure what Maybe you can you'll do. Maybe you'll make it for us. Maybe you'll make a list for us. Easily make that okay. for you. Okay. Um, so yeah, so have some basics to drop back down to if you haven't got space or equipment because your kids are running all over the place. Um, making time to get out of the house and go to the gym is really so specific on each family. Yeah. If you have a spouse, oh my, well, can, like in the mornings on a Sunday morning, my husband will go first, I'll stay with the kids, he'll come back, I'll go out afterwards, and we can just tag team parenting and be fine. If you're a single parent, obviously much harder, you have to do a workout at home. So, it's, I mean, yes, maybe you have a nanny, maybe you have grandparents. Um, you've got to be able to lean, I mean, you all know it takes a village to raise children. How many times a week do you think it's going to be ideal? 
for working out a week, yeah, yeah you want five, but that's okay. not always realistic. Right. So right. you have to pick and choose what you could like, yes, I would love for you to put in a meeting and you schedule every mon- Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 7.30, you leave the house to go work out before you go to work. Do you prefer fewer, longer workouts or more shorter workouts? I would prefer you to do 30 minutes a day. Got it. So shorter, shorter shorter workouts and more of them. Move your body. And here's the thing, like, we all get tired once the kids go to bed at 7, 7.30. It depends on how old your children are. Like, and it's always a choice. If right. you wanted to work out once the kids go to bed, you totally can. It's <sighs> fucking hard. You want to <laughs> yeah. sit on the couch. You want to eat. You want to have a cocktail. You want to have some wine and do nothing. Yeah. But if you focus on your fitness and you actually give a shit, then you can, you have to, you can get up and jump rope for 15 minutes. You can do a circuit for, for 30 minutes. And it's, right. it, that's the time you have when the kids, my kids go to bed at 6.45. I'm in bed by 8.00. Um, and Same. so it's, it's we're hard. familiar, we're familiar <laughs> and you want to find that time to relax and be chill, but at the same time you have to stay healthy. So if you can move your body 30 minutes at some point in that day, it's a win. I realize different people are different, but how do you determine, assuming you do have control over this, how do you determine what the best time of the day is for you to work out the most effective time of the day? I don't know what I'm really asking. I mean, Biologically speaking, the best time to work out in day is the first thing in the morning. Because wow. like, we have some science real quickly. Two energy systems we work. And we work through fats and carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are primary and then fats is our secondary. We've slept for um, eight hours. Maybe not for parent. Maybe five hours. Whatever it is. You've slept. Right. You wake up in the morning and you have uh, depleted all your carbohydrates because you've been through general metabolic rate overnight, just breathing and living. And that's used up energy. So mm-hmm. in the morning time you wake up, you're going to burn fat. Uh-huh. Most of us are a little overweight. Most of them lose some weight usually. And so if you wake up in the morning time with no carbohydrates in your body, you're going to burn fat cells. Right. And so if you can wake up and go first thing in the morning, it's a huge win because you'll do your, fa- it's called fasted cardio. We've all heard it. Um, where you like work out cardio stuff and you're just burning fat. If you're going to do strength training, you need to do some like grab a quick bar and a shake or something before you go work out. So you mm-hmm. have something in your system. Um, but if you can get up in the morning and burn that 30 minutes, it's a win. So you're saying actually that if you were going to do both, if you're going to do cardio and you're going to do weight training, that in fact cardio is best done on an empty stomach when mm-hmm. you wake up. Mm-hmm. And then if you're going to continue on to do weights, maybe you take a break and have a bar or something like that. And then you do uh, weight training or later in the day or whatever. So that was slightly technically wrong. So we're going to go, have, if you're just going to do cardio, yeah, you can do it first thing in the morning. Go on. If you're going to do a session with cardio and weights, you want to do your weights first because you're going to be strongest and most fresh when you uh, haven't started oh. your workout. If you would do a really huge 30-minute run, your body's tired and you're run down and uh. your legs are fatigued and then you go lift legs afterwards, you're not going to be as strong. So you want to do, in the whole point of weight, straight training yeah. is to get stronger. And you want to lift more weights to tear more muscle fibers, which in turn burns more fat as they recover for the next couple of days. So if you can do strength work first, tear the muscle fibers up, be really powerful and like use as much energy you have and then just fatigue your body through cardio as you move from carbohydrates into fats for your second energy system. So are you saying that if you're doing this thing first thing in the morning, you would still have something to eat so that you'd get enough energy to do the the weight training portion and then roll into cardio if, if you... So I teach at a place called Camps. It's a hit-based studio. It's like half cardio, half strength work. Uh-huh. I would always encourage someone coming to a high-intense workout like that. It's an hour workout to have like a snack bar on the way or some almonds or something to give them some energy before they burn 800 calories. I, I read in your bio that you have a degree in sports psychology. Sports science with a major in psychology. Uh, what does it mean? So it's a... Sports science is like a, a whole body of... Like, 
biomechanics, physiology, psychology, like all this like 12 different parts of sports science. But my, my focus for my dissertation was psychology. Mm, I see. It was the mental so side of it. The reason why I'm asking, because one of the things that I, I found that among my gay dad's friends and gay friends in general who wants to start to go to the gym is a lot of shame. So the shame in my body, shame in coming to a gym that is full of hot people and you don't feel like you're one of them. What, what do you think is the best way? What, what do you advise for these uh, people on how to This start? This is super other hot. than finding a gym that's full of unattractive, <laughs> overweight people, which would be great, but, but there put are that There are those out there, different places. Um, that is a huge question, and everyone suffers from body dysmorphia. I have it, like we all, and no matter how you look, you're always going to feel like, I don't look good today, I don't feel good about myself. But yes, someone who's out of shape and coming back from like having newborns and being injured or whatever else, it's always going to be a very daunting aspect coming back into a gym where everyone's like younger or ripped or no like the non-dad yeah. families yeah um so here's the really hard part for everyone no one gives a fuck you walk <laughs> in the gym no one's gonna care like they're proud of you for being I, when people are on my class i'm proud of people who come to my class no matter if you're a brand new athlete or an olympic athlete everyone's so narcissistic in the gym all they care about is themselves <laughs> no one no one is really looking like they're in the gym working on their own they're running the treadmill doing their own thing yes people look but like you got to focus on the fact everyone's there for themselves everyone's there to improve themselves everyone's there to work hard no one's in there to make fun of you for looking a certain way or not running a certain speed everyone's in there to fucking celebrate you doing the best you can although yeah. if you're wearing mesh can i just say if you're like of the o old enough to be having children just don't wear mesh can, oh, is that Alex. is that wrong all right i would okay. agree with that too um you're looking for attention but like if you I, I really want to emphasize like everyone in the gym is going to better themselves and you can be a new athlete and everyone's been in a place but they're not happy with how they look. Even right. if it's the person yeah. who's the best shape at that gym, they had to work to get there. At some point, they didn't feel they were in the shape they want to get into, so they went to the gym. So like at some point, everyone's been in a place where they didn't feel great. Yeah. yeah. So get in there, mm -hmm. know the fact no one's judging you. Everyone in there is celebrating you. If I see someone who's out of shape in the gym, I'm not going to make fun of them internally. I'm like, you go girl. Like, yeah. you, you do right. you. Like, work right. hard for it. Like, so it's while it feels like it's intimidating, I want you really to focus on like, fuck it, everyone's here to celebrate me. And I'm going to go in there and do my best. So, okay, so we have the motivation. We got ourselves into the gym and we got over the shame, hopefully. Um, how does a session look like? So if we want to break the five days, okay, what would you say? How can we break it to body parts? So again, depends what your goals are. If you're going to be working on strength training, so you want to put on some size and lose some weight, then you have to change your training. If you're going into just to do cardio that day or, or like just be on a huge weight loss journey, it's going to be different kind of training. So it's all dependent on your goals. So weight loss, usually it's cardio. Based. No, you still no? need, you still need weight training for, for, for weight loss. Because okay. again, as you think about it, if you do the weight training and you tear the muscle fibers, the body uses the fat around the muscle to rebuild the muscle. So it's using fat for longer than if you were just doing like a spin class of 45 minutes. You right. sweat a ton in spin. They turn the heat up, you sweat tons, but the moment you leave that spin studio, like you don't really get the lasting, like it's called the epoch system. Like you don't get a lasting benefit of just spinning. You get like a really great sweat. You burn some calories, awesome. Burn some fat cells if you did fasted. And then you go on with your day. But if you do really good weight training, yes, you'll... A lot of female clients, I know we have a dad group today, but like a lot of my female clients, oh, I don't want to bulk up. You're not going to. You know how hard it is to bulk up. So like you want to still use strong weights to make sure you tap fibers correctly to then 
rebuild them leaner and stronger. So you'll have less fat because the fat's being used by, say, your biceps. You're doing bicep curls, whatever. Um, you're going to tear the bus muscle. Mm. The fat around the bicep will be used to rebuild the bicep. So over time, more fat's going to go away and the more muscle will show. So you'll mm -hmm. look leaner and stronger. And in that context of primary focus being about weight loss, do you want to err on the side of heavier weight, fewer reps, or the opposite? Or does it not matter when it comes to the fat burning side? Um, so both questions still. Frequency of training and like breaking down the sessions. And then also what you just said. So let's go with break down some cardio days so you're not always having high weight, high impact days. You can't do heavy weights every day. Ah. So if you want to break down your week five times, go weights. Low impact cardio, weights, low impact cardio, weights. Oh, and do okay. And do like an upper body day, some sort of cardio the next day, lower body day, cardio, then like a full body HIIT training day. So the HIIT training is really great because it's high, it's slightly higher rep, it's slightly lower weight, but it's a really great sweat and you're still burning with the muscles to lift the, lift the weights. Um, so have like that really high intense kind of class day if you want to do a class once a week. Um, or you can follow along like an online program that has a HIIT. I mean, I teach online as well and it's a straight 45 minutes of weights. And it's usually pretty, usually like heavy weights for online with dumbbells is like say 35 pounds or 45 pounds for me. It's not like I'm doing 180 pound squats. Yeah. So right. the weights in the gym, if I'm doing a strength day would be like heavy barbells, heavy work, which would still be important to tell those fibers. Yeah. But in a hit style, the weight comes down. It's like a really good sweat, but you're still burning like tons of, tons of, tons of calories. Mm -hmm. This is assuming we can get to the gym because right. as dads, like <laughs> we've said it, you might yeah. not be able to get there. Yep. Depends on your coverage. If you're a newborn at home, you're a single dad, you're fucked. Right. Yeah. Yep. Or you can do it online. You so know, yeah, I would say and everyone has access to get a set of dumbbells and then find online classes. There was actually so only a one set of dumbbells? Well, okay. I would love you to have a heavy set and a medium set and then like a resistance band. Okay. Like, so it's like- so That's the ideal. Yeah. So whatever medium weight is to you, say for me, it'd be 25s or 30s, a heavy set 45s. And then you, if I'm teaching class for you and I say, grab your heavies, you got a heavy set for like squats and deadlifts and lunges and bench press. And then medium set for biceps and shoulders and tricep stuff. If you, it allows you to have the flexibility between the two like primary muscles and secondary muscles, great. Mm -hmm. Obviously that adds expensive, but like one set dumbbells, one time purchase, right. lost you for all your workouts. It's a good investment. We talked a little bit about uh, weight loss, just, um, just to circle that in. If I want to bulk up, which I do, Mm -hmm. what's the difference between the so two? bulking up is really difficult it is a i mean i'm a skinny build and i've always wanted to be a little bigger i should be such a skinny build <laughs> go on i mean so it comes with calories again we can do some science here it comes with calories and if you want to put on weight you have to be in a calorie surplus every day so it takes a uh, 3600 calories to put on a pound so if you think about it say you're burning 3000 calories a day and you're eating 3000 calories a day you're going to be staying exactly the same. Nothing's mm -hmm. going to change. So you need to be eating more to put on the size. I don't like to be bulky, so I will keep it roughly the same and I'll use the weights as a way to stay lean and look stronger and be athletic. Mm -hmm. If you want to put on weight, you have to lift heavy, go slow, less cardio, less calorie expenditure, and then eat more to put on the size. Mm. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. Yep. When is the time to go up in weights? When you can get to 12 reps very easy on a bench press, say at 185. Next up, you go up to like 205 and go back down to eight reps. Mm, right. So you're doing a cycle. So you you're go, going like eight to 12, eight to 12. So I would go two weeks at eight, a week at 10, a week at 12. Ah. If you get there and you feel good about it, drop down and back to the eight and then go up, oh. in, uh, go up in weight and start the cycle again if you're doing strength training. 
Oh, interesting. That's very interesting. Here's a question. Do you work out with your husband? Absolutely fucking no. <laughs> so so <laughs> thank you. Come here. Shake my hand. Thank you. Because I, I can't do it either. And part of the reason, <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean, I just, uh, it's, it's amazing we can do the podcast together. But for me, the problem is that there is a kind of lack of uh, freedom in it and a sense of, I don't know whether it's competition. It's not I, want, competition. I just wanted it to be something that we do together. Alex disagrees. That's fine. I mean, I, I, so for me, the problem is this is something that I do in my own head. And, um, you know, when I'm with you, I, I, there are all these other things going on and it keeps me from being able to focus that way. Uh, do you have any uh, people who you train where they do it as a couple? Do you do any, does that happen at all? Some couples do work together. I train a husband and wife, they're 59, 60. They're the cutest people in the world. They work really hard. <laughs> they love training together. Right, right. I have, I have you- them separately as well, but I teach them once a week together. They just like do a fun, like, full body functional cardio day. And right. It's like a fun sweat and they both work hard. So why did you say absolutely fucking not? Um, sorry, Sean. Um, <laughs> my husband is athletic. He plays all sports. In the gym, it's frustrating for me because he doesn't really try. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, girl, let's, good I'm like girl let's go. So do we. <laughs> and I'm like, it's frustrating because I'm like, I need, that's my personal time. Right. And I'm not working and I want him to give me something back. And he's, I'm just, I feel like I'm in, I'm back at work again because I'm having to push him and train him and push right. it. I'm like, this doesn't work for me. Right. There's an imbalance. I mean, there's always going to be some kind of an imbalance because this one feels that that one is behind or that that one is, is ahead. And yeah. And then we find time together to go. We met playing tennis. We love playing tennis together. We play doubles in tournaments together. So that's our thing we work out together is playing tennis. So we'll go to the course, we'll smash it for an hour, two hours and have great husband time being athletic and sweating tons and playing sports. Right. We won't go to the gym. He'll go take his classes across town for his work and he'll go like whatever he does in his own time. And then we'll meet at some point throughout the week and play tennis one time or twice. How old are your kids? Our kids are about to be five and three and a half. So at least the five-year-old, it seems, is probably ready to... um, I don't know, to absorb the fact that his parents are athletic. Well, maybe the three-year-old they too, both are, right? What is the first thing, and I know that this is going off topic, so forgive me. What is the first thing that you want your kids to do uh, other than just general running around? off topic. Okay, good. So with the boys, um, we have one kid, the oldest is... How do I, put, I wish I could show you the video. He's, the, he's a dancer. We have, the videos, right? we have videos of him just like... And we, he listens to like hard EDM music. <laughs> he doesn't dance to Disney. He's like, let's put on whatever it is. And, yeah. go and so he'll like do some sort of really, a little explicit dance videos for us all. It's yeah. fine. Um, anyway, so he, that's his passion, but we also take the kids to do things that we love and they'll come tennis with us. And our youngest kid is going to be the next, like Travis Kelsey, if you know that is like, we're big football people. It's a big, okay. he's a big tight end. Okay. Um, plays the Kansas Chiefs. Great player. Like he's like six foot five and he's a dream boat. This is sports. Um, sports. Sports. <laughs> um, so one kid, less sporty. The other one, extremely sporty. And so we'll take them to play tennis. So like they have tennis lessons. They have, they're in swim class right now. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. they're doing all the things that we can possibly do to make them like learn movement. And we have the oldest one going to dance classes. So together we'll do things that they love. We have dance parties at home. We have videos of us all because Flynn loves to dance, we'll put on the music and we'll all dance like crazy. Mm-hmm. The youngest one runs around, throws his head against pillows and tries to ignore us. The other one is dancing and having a great time. Wow, this sounds so familiar I to know. me. Yeah. Okay. 
And then we'll take the multiplayer tennis. The younger one's like, I want to play tennis. The other one wants his iPad and sit down and doesn't really want to play. Each kid, you can't force children of different ages to do certain things. If they don't right. want to do it. They won't fucking do it. Right. Yeah. And so we try and lean into each one at different times of what they want to do. Yes, we'll take them to the beach and we'll run on the beach and do stuff. We'll go take their bikes and we'll do bike riding. We'll yep. try and push them around. So things that we can do as a family, but we lean into things that they've shown that they love to do and we do it with them and we don't really dictate, we're going to go for running because dad's a runner. Right. Yeah. We just do things that they love and encourage those things. So we're short on time, but I, I still want to kind of uh, touch that subject, who, which is like the dead bod. I love that belly. you're touching the subject at the same time that you touch uh, the subject. Touch the subject. Um, how can we lose the dead bod belly after the quarantine I mean, who doesn't like a dad bod, though? Come on now. <laughs> me, um, me. Yeah. I would like all men to look, well, you know, don't get, I would like all men to look like you, except, <laughs> and including myself, um, but, you know, alas. Okay, but with age, does our body does change, and it takes a lot of work. And I'm really happy that there are people who like dad bods, don't get me wrong, it makes yeah. me really happy. Um, it does take a lot of work to take a dad bod and to lose the weight in your 40s, in your 50s. It is very difficult. Um, I'm always going to tell people to be striving to be internally healthy, work on like cardiovascular, like aerobic health, making sure your heart's good, cholesterol's low. And then when you have working on those things, it's going to change your body. If you give yourself a goal, if you play sports, if you like give yourself like an, I don't know, a a small triathlon to do. You can, through the training of the triathlon, you're going to focus on that goal of, I need to go swimming, I need to go running, I got to go to the bike. It gives you something to work towards and then once you're working towards it, you put in the hours, you put in the effort and then you're going to start to lose the weight. Yeah. Just going to the gym solacely to lose 15 pounds is very difficult. So I'm always going to encourage people to give like an actual goal to train towards. Uh, so I just did a race recently called the High Rocks. I'm not an I'm not an endurance athlete at all. I'm not a CrossFit athlete at all. It's a, it's a 1K run into a functional workout and there's eight of them so you do eight 1k runs into eight functional workouts and you go 1k run workout 1k run it's like a sled push a sled pull and it's a ski arc it's a rower it's these wall ball thrusts it's these very sort of crossfit based stuff oh. in between a thousand meters um we, wow. we so me and my training partner she's incredible she's one of my clients we trained for it for four months and it was a different style of fitness for me but it gave me more endurance it gave me like it gives you a focus. So I don't mm -hmm. care who you are, give yourself a goal in whatever it is that's interesting for you and then work towards that. And with that, the enjoyment of working out, you'll find a buddy, you'll find your partner, you'll find whoever it is to work towards it with someone shows up them. Accountability mm -hmm. is huge. If you tell your friend on a Saturday morning, husband's got their kids, let's go to ocean swimming. We're going to show up with your friend to go ocean swimming because that person's going to be there with you. It makes yeah. you go because they're also going to go. Right. And you hold each other accountable. Oh, I'm tired. Yeah, but I'm fucking there. So get your ass out of bed and come over. I don't care if you didn't sleep. You yeah. promised me you're going to be here. Yeah. You got to go do the right. work. That is incredibly valuable. I mean, for me, obligation is a really powerful thing when it comes to working out because obligation to myself has a tendency to take a back seat. I got somebody else that I have to meet to, be to work yeah. out. I'm much more likely so to be So find there. a goal with a friend, work towards it, and you'll hold each other accountable and you'll achieve the goal hopefully. And then with that, hopefully you'll lose some weight, but you'll mm -hmm. also improve mental health. You'll improve internal health and hopefully you'll lose some pounds. That is the last thing that I wanted to cover is, you know, you've, you've studied psychology as well. So, um, you know, I'm realize I'm leading the witness, but how does, um, physical activity, uh, impact your, attitude and your a mental state when you're a new father and everything is hell on earth 
So, I mean, I don't think anybody's ever done a workout and been like, fuck, I wish I didn't do that workout. Right. Like, <laughs> if you move your body for 30 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever it is, you're going to feel better for it. So if your kid is napping for that hour and a half block in the morning and you find the energy to do 15 minutes of circuits, you'll feel better for doing that 15 minutes of circuits. So it's any workout of any sort, whether it's like jump rope at home, you can't get to the house, it's going to make you feel better. Right. Yeah. Like, jump rope, is, like, anytime you move your body, movement is key to overall happiness. Like, when you have really dark times and you're in therapy or whatever, your therapist is always going to say, do the three basics, eat, sleep, and work out. Mm-hmm. Like the workout aspect, moving your body, getting the endorphins going, no matter how tired you are, no matter how run down you are, if you're depressed or unhappy or like fatigued from kids, like that movement will still lift you up. Yeah. So find the time to move your body for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and just move. I can't ignore the fact that your dad, we talked about that, um, and we tend to ask every dad that comes on about their parenting journey. Are okay. you comfortable talking about this? Yeah, happily. So Do we you, have to use the journey word? I hate the word Alex, journey. Please, I'm a professional. Oh, bleh. Um, so did you have your kids through surrogacy? We did. We have so. uh, biologically half-brothers. So my husband oh. is father of one genetically. I'm genetically father of the other one. Um, obviously, they're both our children. And I, I actually, with gay dads, like, and when you try, we try for twins, we didn't get twins. We, mm-hmm. had, we didn't go to a singleton. Um, and I have friends who have gone through the same journey and they're like, oh, but it's my spouse, this kid. I don't feel like, it, I feel like it's less my child. I'm like, absolutely not. You're both dads of the same, of that child. You're both equally parenting. Biologically, that might not be facts, but like, you're both raising that children together. It's both your child. Sure. Um, so anyway, so yeah, we have one each. Uh, the journey was very difficult. We um, tried for twins, miscarriage, got a singleton, and then we had um, trouble getting the second child. We had th- two more failed transfers. Wow. The wow. journey took, I mean, we had a disaster in the lab before we even had our first child. Um, the embryologist took the egg, took the um, the eggs from basically a Petri dish to where the sperm was. And however it happened, I don't know, but they took the the the, uh, the um, turkey baster and it hit his arm and the eggs flew across the room. We lost oh. our entire batch of, of, of eggs. And we're just like, what the fuck? Um, oh and then that took our egg donor to redo it and wow. it's more money and it's more time. And it was, it's like the journey is very difficult. And you don't know how, you don't know what's yeah. going to happen. You don't, transfers yeah. don't always happen. Miscarriages do happen. We're trying as hard as we can to be positive, but it, it's, things, shit happens. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, was, we were devastated for a bunch of different reasons along the journey. And then the second child came and like, I couldn't imagine Rogan not being our child. Right. But if he, if the first children took or the eggs were dropped, we wouldn't have Rogan. It's like, yeah. I those men have that child. Like he right. is like spinning image, everything that, we could possibly want for like, he's just an amazing kid. Mm-hmm. And so if we had a, a successful transfer before that, he would be still frozen in the, in, in, <laughs> in the lab. And I'm like, that is just mind blowing to me. Yeah. And so I always can tell people like, you'll get the children men to get your kids will pick you. It will take time, but you'll get there. All right. Chris Ty Walker, thank you so much for coming. You're so uh, we so we learned so much and I'm going to the gym right now. I'm gonna go get a sheet cake. I'm gonna go to cookie as well. <laughs> I've worked out already. Thank All you right, so much th- guys. Thank, thank you. you. We're back from the interview with Chris Ty Walker. Uh, I'm Jan. I'm Alex. And you're listening to Daddy Square, the Gay Dads podcast. Uh, during the interview, we talked about going back to basic positions. If you're working out at home and um, 
Chris said that he's going to make a list for us. So he did actually. So if you go to daddysqr.com and you search for Daddy Goes to the Gym, you'll go to the episode page where you can uh, download this list that he's made for us. DaddySQR.com. So we talked about making time to go to the gym. We talked about uh, getting out of the house, which is something that we let each other do. Um, and I think it's a lot of, um, how do you say, self-discipline. Yeah, it in is. In order to do that? Yeah, it is. And and I think it's really important to, you know, this is something that we try to do all the time on this podcast. We talk about how we give each other time to go to the gym, and we talk about how hard we try to make it happen. We fail a lot. And it is really important that we talk about the fact that this is something we try to do consistently, but having children as many of you may know, is quite challenging. And there are times when you just just don't have it it. in you and you're exhausted. The funny thing is, and I think most of you probably know this too, on the days when I go to the gym, my energy levels are through the roof. Oh my God, it's amazing. The more I've worked out and exhausted myself, you'd think, oh no, now I'm not going to be able to... No, 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 exactly the opposite. I can like fly around the earth when I have gone to the gym and when I haven't, I'm exhausted and just want to go to sleep. Yeah, and um, on that note, I've also noticed that when I, when I do cardio, especially in the evenings, you know, the evenings are a problem uh, hours because first of all, you're tired. Second, you really want to eat in front of the yes. couch. But when I do cardio in the evening, I eat less mm. and I'm like much more energetic to really do something yeah. in the evening after the kids go to sleep, which is by itself, I think it's a gift. Uh, one thing that uh, we actually talked to Chris, but it's not on the final version of the, this interview, is that we talked about music. Oh, music. So music is very important uh, part of uh, going to the gym and you can make yourself some playlists or whatever. But if you have problems with music, you're welcome to write to us at hello at daddysqr.com and I'll help you. Wait a minute. Seriously, I'm going to help you. Wait a minute. What? Do we have a Spotify playlist? It's it's hard to make a Spotify playlist because it's per person. Like it I can't is. say like a pop playlist, an EDM playlist. It really depends on what your uh, taste of music is. You have to give me like one artist that you like and I'm going to fill it up for you. And while we're on that subject, I do want to say just recently we lost Olivia Newton-John. Oh. And you know, <laughs> everyone laughs at the song Let's Get Physical. Yes, me too. Listen to the song, Let's Get Physical. You'd be surprised. As cheesy as it is, it will move your ass. But you can't listen to it without the headband on your head, no? If you, Can you? Do we have Daddy Squared headbands on DaddySQR.com? If not, no, we really Not should. yet, but it's... Uh, okay. <laughs> um, one last thing about this interview is that I want to emphasize the, what he said about shame and body dysmorphia. Listen, the fact that, first of all, Chris Tywalker, so if you go to the episode page, See how he, how he looks. And then think about the fact that he has body dysmorphia. It says, <laughs> it says a lot. Yeah. Like all of us have it. And it's so important. Like when you go to the gym, don't be ashamed of your body, of who you are. Don't compare yourself to other people. It's hard because I do it. I'm trying not to do it. And I do yeah. it all the time. Like I look at the, the hot guys next to me with the big muscles and I'm like, oh my God. In the name of all that is holy, do not use going to the gym as a source for 
Instagram. This is the place where you should be going to do your thing that will make you feel better physically, emotionally, etc. And focus on that. It's, you know, you don't have to worry at that moment about everybody else. And it is true. And if you have this body dysmorphia, and if you do think about this, look around you and see how much people don't care. <laughs> really, true. seriously spend time on that. Um, we have to move forward. Uh, the Men Having Babies uh, Corner is coming up. So Men Having Babies just had a conference in Brussels uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they're having two more in America, one in Chicago and one in New York in the coming two months. And if you're in uh, prospective dads or intended parents, as we call them, you should go there because it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity to really learn everything basically about having kids through surrogacy. Uh, in this Men Having Babies Corner, we have Sarah Miller. She's uh, the Director of Business Development, and she's going to talk to us about how to select an IVF clinic and agency. This is Men Having Babies Corner. So choosing your clinic and agency are really big decisions in this process, and you want to make sure that you are working with professionals who have done this before and have a good track record. So I always advise you're going to want to make good use of um, ratings and reviews that are out there. Men Having Babies has a really comprehensive list of ratings and reviews that were given by actual guys who went through the journey and worked with these service providers. So go there, look at those ratings and reviews and use that as maybe your starting base for who you want to work with you are going to want to make sure that you have a good connection with who you're working with. Everybody does business in different ways and you'll have connections with some professionals um, that just make more sense for you and, and what you're looking for. When you're working through choosing your clinic and your agency, some guys wonder if they should be limiting their search to providers who are in close geographic proximity to where they live. And really in this day and age, that doesn't need to be an important consideration. Yes, you will need to go into your clinic um, to give your sperm sample, to get your medical screening done. But outside of that step, you may not ever physically need to go into your clinic again. And so I strongly advise that you don't limit yourself based on the location of the clinic. For more information, go to menhavingbabies.org. Thank you, Men Having Babies, and thank you, Sarah Miller. I think that one of the most amazing uh, things about Men Having Babies is that it's an organization that combines gay dads and surrogates. Mm. These are the people who work there. Sarah, she has six kids, and she did uh, a couple of uh, surrogacy journeys for gay people. Um, and I think it's just made of like eight it's, pregnancies. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's incredible. Daddy Square, the Gay Dads podcast. Um, I would like to encourage you to write to us at hello at daddysqr.com. We've been getting some messages and emails from you this week. And one of the things that I chatted with one of our listeners, uh, one from Chicago, he, and he asked me this question. He wanted to ask me a question. And here it is. He said, how do you guys fight this parent trap feeling? He also called it daddy death. I wow, daddy really death sounds pretty bad. Yeah, it's bad. But what he meant is that, you know, it's once you have a baby, like it's all about the kid. Like you forget that you're a gay person. And I was trying to think that, first of all, this has been my resolution for, the, for the, this year, basically, to figure out what is gay life when you are a gay dad. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, we, we talk about it all the time, even when there aren't microphones in front of us. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we've talked in the past about tricks, things that we have actually built into our schedule in our lives that have been valuable. And I, I want to just recount, first of all, that we do uh, set aside time for each of us to go to the gym separately. That's great part of this episode also we have this trick i don't even know who came up with it i'm guessing it's you because you usually come up with these kinds of things which is that from the time that the babies were born we had twins we set aside one night a week that belonged to jan and another night of the week that belonged to me where even if no babysitters were available or whatever one of us stays at home and takes care of the kids and the other can go out with his friends or sit alone at a restaurant. It doesn't matter, but a little bit of freedom, a little bit of time to be themselves. And that has been an important guarantee because this business of date night, also critically important. But for those of you who don't yet have children, there is this thing that happens where you think you're going to have a babysitter every Saturday night or every Wednesday night for date night and it doesn't happen it might happen frequently yeah. but it is not something that you can bank on and so i really really recommend this idea of giving each other a night off because you can rely on each other to be able to to pick up the slack there are lots of tricks like that and and other than that listen to olivia newton john and share <laughs> actually discovered two things in the past two weeks one of them is the board game community i want to say there's a board game community I mean, it's a, they call themselves geeks and i don't know all these nerds all these kind of names but they meet up gay gay uh. groups who meet up and play board games <laughs> Wait, and gay, when gay men play dungeons and dragons it's a whole different kind listen, of dungeons and dragons I, so i went to my first one because i was desperate in finding new communities and new new friends and new gay gay life right right um so i went to one uh, last week and listen i really enjoyed myself we played uh, some disney board game right i knew nothing about this i didn't like when you talk board game you think about your kids games and it's like you're thinking that's kind of silly you know a bunch no, of no it's great it's but fun listen, it's so complicated that like you really have your to wrap your hand around. it's a strategy like you get your mind thinking and and you get your you know it was disney characters so it's like it has some gay element to it. well <laughs> well look oh, it's all gay i also think that a lot of people not just gay men but maybe especially gay men have this expectation that friendship and community and things like that are going to be spontaneous. I know a certain husband of mine, uh, one, one of the many, one of the many yeah. husbands of mine who is incredibly orient oriented around that idea that it has to be spontaneous. Well, I have news for you. When you have children, it cannot be spontaneous anymore. Well, yeah. And that means tough shit, first of all, but that means that if you want to have a gay life, you gotta structure it, you gotta plan it. That means you gotta make plans with friends, you gotta get babysitters, you gotta go to game nights, you have to do things that are a little uncomfortable, but, <laughs> they are an outlet for you to feel like you're part of the world. The second thing that I discovered that that's that might be like specifically because we live in Los Angeles and there might be more opportunities here. But there is a gay stand-up comedy night every Tuesday at Akbar. And so I went yesterday and listen, it first of all, it seems like I entered like this whole you know, universe that I don't know because it's all like people who know each other and you know, a lot of so it's mostly like stand-up comedians who are gay, LGBT, 
and they try to test the ma- their material for mm-hmm. audience for free before they they run their show and i i find it first of all it was funny okay people are more like i i find myself talking to a lot of people which doesn't really happen a lot in gay bars and stuff like that um for you and it's also like so i had a couple of friends with me and they've been going to that for a while and and you know they started whispering to me about these actual people who I, I guess they're returning the stand-up comedians okay and, uh, and they were like okay this guy is hot so all the hot men in the audience came for him because they follow him on Instagram you know so it's all like theories around well, that sounds healthy <laughs> I kind of find it funny so um, anyway I I laughed I mean that that hot guy wasn't really funny oh but he was cute but it doesn't matter because he's attractive yes yeah. um, you know it's funny but the lesbians talking about gay men, was the extremely funny for me like the way they see us <laughs> this is highly inappropriate of me to say but I actually think lesbians are extremely funny they are there's a translation problem where sometimes gay men don't understand why they're funny lesbians are extremely funny people that is weird one thing that I also want to share is that so we went with this family to um, to lunch yesterday and And this family lives in Silver Lake. Uh, for those who don't know, Silver Lake is a very gay area, relatively. It's like much more to the side of uh, like daddies and kinks and um, all sorts of fetishes. Um, but it's, it's a very colorful area. And the, the dad, before we went, told our kids, you know, they have on this restaurant the, the, the same flag that you have in your house, the rainbow flag. So Adam said, you mean the gay flag? And he turns to me and he said, "Oh, they know about this." And I was thinking like, straight, people may not talk to their kids about these things, like gay, straight, what does it mean? And we've been like that since basically since they were born. There were no secrets about like who, like what is gay and straight, and, and we didn't hold that back. Didn't Did we? you talk to him about why he had not yet talked to his kids no, about this? No, I, I did well, not. But I, well, I suspect, look, we know that his kids understand at the very least the fact that their friends, Ben and Adam, have two dads, yes. right? So they do understand that there are those differences in families. There's no doubt about that. Has he actually explained to them what the flag means? Uh, no, but on the other hand he also hasn't shown the kid what the French flag is and that's because yeah. it's not him right I don't actually think that that's so surprising and uh, you know I, I we have the gay flag we also have the American and the Israeli flag because those three things represent a lot about who we are right in yeah. his case there aren't any gays in that household at least you know not that we know of yeah. and uh, makes sense we also have the share flag. We, is there a share flag? And if there isn't, why It's isn't there? <laughs> Before we leave today, I just want to talk for a moment about Ukraine. Um, you know, I don't think we've mentioned the war or anything like that. No, and We talk to our kids about it. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, you know, look, it goes without saying Vladimir Putin is a bastard and he should go to hell. It also goes without saying that this was, this is a war of aggression. Um, all of this is true and our thoughts are with Ukraine. I'm happy that my government is sending weapons to Ukraine. All of this is true, but why am I bringing it up here? Because one of the things that's happening here is we're talking about a war that between a country that is doing nothing good for 
Western values like freedoms and, oh, I don't know, LGBTQ rights, Mm -hmm. and a country that is not at the level of America, Ukraine, or of much of Europe, but he's certainly making great strides towards being a more open and uh, a free country for people like us. And so when you're thinking about issues of what you care about, a country that is moving forward that way is being attacked by a country that's moving backwards. And while I don't believe that the Russian people are all that way, the Russian government and Vladimir Putin are you know, murdering and attacking a country that is moving in the direction that we want them to be moving in for for freedom and decency. I hope that the West wins in this one. It's going to be a hard struggle. And I hope that the people of Ukraine, you know, take stock. You know, there are 31 listeners to Daddy Square, the Gay Dad podcast in Russia. That Uh, are not dead yet? Yes, Mr. Putin just... Just shush. And in Ukraine, we have 22, a much smaller country, but nevertheless, we have 22. And you know what I have to say to the 31 and the 22? All of you are with us and we are with you, regardless of what side you're on the border. Um, We hope that your hopes and dreams come true for family and happy lives. And of course, we hope for peace. Amen. Daddy, that's QR.com. I think we're going to end on this one. Oh, yeah. And and look, as we always try to remember to say, but frequently forget, we love hearing from you guys. And every time you write to us, it is more for us to think about and makes this podcast special and valuable. Please write to us at hello at daddysqr.com. And you know what? While you're doing it, try rating us. We love being yeah. rated, especially with five stars. So rate and review. When you do that, uh, it really allows the podcast to re- really um, go go up and show itself to yes. other people and be more visible. And also, if you guys have any ideas whatsoever regarding the podcast, whether it's something that we talked about, whether it's a subject that you want you want us to talk about, please write to us. It's really important. And you'll also go on the wall right there. Um, it's where I actually, uh, you know, print all every email that I get and, and hang it. We're going to paper so the entire building with this soon enough. Thank you, everybody. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.